All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. The Vikings win yet again to move to 6-1. and one. We are here to celebrate Kirk Tober, and the Timberwolves and Wild are getting off to just lukewarm starts, but it's all right. Cool. Here we go. How's it going, guys? Uh, feeling great. Feeling, yeah, I'm feeling good. A little partied out um, after the Halloween weekend, but uh, hey, revitalized by the sports. It is spooky season here at the Nordies Podcast, and uh, we are going to have a Halloween-themed episode. Kirktober. Um, yes, Kirktober. It's almost over, sadly. Um, but I don't think he lost in Kirktober, did he? No. No, he never does. He's just the machine just in Kirktober. Uh, yeah, so we'll get into all of that stuff here in a second. But before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Sick. Thank you. All right, we're back on Sunday. Do you think we're going to have a Kirk Vember or even a Kirk Sember? Uh, depends if he has to play at weird times. Like, Dude, night, well, night, the more we time. win, the more likely we are to get flexed. And then the more yeah. likely we are to lose. So that's why we end up with yes. eight and eight. Every year, uh, well, eight and nine. If Kirk could play at noon every day, he'd be the best quarterback. And think play. about a Kirk, a Kirk, Kirk Sember to remember. <laughs> oh, be a, dude. I like that. Be. Uh, yeah, I just really want to get uh, Kirk Canuary. <laughs> Kirkuary. <laughs> All right, uh, so guys, we have uh, we're back on Sunday nights with a recording here. So we're right after all of the football games. Our Thrones cast is officially. Uh, put on pause until the next Game of Thrones show comes out. We don't know what that will be, but go back as you watch the show, if you haven't yet, and listen to all 10 episodes as we break down House of the Dragon, the new Game of Thrones show on HBO Max. What a show, and what a pod we put on. It was really top-level performance, dude. I want to appreciate everybody who messaged me and said they're really loving it. Thank you. That was really nice. We got a lot of good feedback on it. So I'm just like, what are we going to do in OsoCast, maybe? Uh, What's next? Like it is that. tough doing three apps at a night. I'll say yeah, that. Three yeah, three I was going to say, pass on all that. To we're like, it's like 11.15 and we're all drunk and we're like, oh, God, <laughs> we've been recording well, for four of, hours. Speaking of that, what are you guys drinking uh, tonight? What is this shit? I don't know. I threw the can away. You brought it over here. Uh, modest. It's Yeah, it's a very nice, modest <laughs> IPA. I don't know what it is, but it's really good. No, it's not modest, is it? It's, it's um here. I'll dig it out. It's okay. It's yeah. fair states. It's fair state. Who touched the thermostat IPA? Yeah. There we go. That's good stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Eric, you had that last week. Yeah. Um, back, back on the wagon or off. I don't know. What's the, whatever the term is. <laughs> um, I got some junkyard. This is called Nectartron. Mm. Um, uh, West coast IPA. Sorry. I don't, I wasn't really paying attention and I don't want to spill it. Anyway, uh, New England style. <laughs> it's, uh, it's our good friend's junkyard. Uh, Minnesota adjacent, uh, fantastic beer as always. Sweet. Um, I, my buddy Barry, friend of the pod, definitely, uh, gave me a beer he brought back from Aurora, Colorado that he wanted me to drink on the pod and it's called Sirius. It's an Australian pale from Launchpad Brewery. So real good stuff there. Thanks, Barry. Um, and it's a delicious beer. I've never had an Australian pale, but I'm kind of here for the style. Nice. Yeah, I guess what what constitutes an Australian pale? It's probably no those Australian hops that they grow. You see in some beers now. 
Like, you know, they got the New Zealand stuff. They got the Australian stuff coming through. Good stuff. So thanks, Barry. Um, All right, guys, let's dive right into the main topic in the sports world, and that is Jake Paul beat Anderson Silva by unanimous decision in what was like a maybe a sham boxing match. Um, We've talked at at great lengths about the Paul brothers and that as toxic as they seem, we kind of are here for it. Um, This fight didn't need to happen. Anderson Silva is an MMA fighter who is 46 years old. Um, By all accounts, everyone in the world thinks this was fixed. Mm. Um, I don't care. I didn't watch it. I wouldn't watch it. Uh, But the one thing that is kind of cool is that Jake Paul and Anderson Silva are now going to team up to create a program where they are going to, or a foundation that's going to fight for unionization of MMA fighters to get them better pay and better benefits. Okay. So they're going to try to take on the MMA companies and fight to get, you know, better conditions for the, for the fighters. So I do like think a higher minimum. I know like they, like a lot of fighters just like are broke getting their ass kicked at like this minimum rate and they want to raise that up. So like if you're fighting and competing, you can make at least a decent living, even if you're kind of bottom tier. Yeah, I think that's it. Just like the top guys, you know, I think Dana White's like, well, the guys who actually draw make good money. And I yeah. don't think that people are complaining about that. But I think where the problem is, is people are risking their lives and having, you know, serious injuries that they're mm-hmm. paying for out of pocket. And they're doing it for like an amount of money that's not OK to be doing it for. So, yeah, I do think that's cool. And that's why we covered it. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? I don't know. Jake Paul looks like a beast. I want to see him fight somebody good. See what happens. Yeah, he called out like um, he won't. He fought. He called out Canelo, who would just absolutely beat his face in. Canelo would it. destroy him in thirty seconds. That would Canelo be Canelo would beat his face in, like for real. And then uh, he also called out Nick Diaz. I think it was or Nate Diaz, one of the Diaz brothers. Yeah, um, Nick or Nate. They're both like awesome fighters, and they're still like relevant. It would be fun. I uh, I think he he knows that they're like really good boxers, so people would be excited about it. But also that they have very little power. They're little. That, he's got to yeah, be sixty pounds heavier than them. He would be way too big for them, and so he would just. Probably he, he's built like him. a like a huge tight end. Like he's very large. I I like the Paul brothers strategy. Okay, their strategy is just um, don't announce weights for anything, and then just fight much smaller guys <laughs> yeah. who have big names. And then just beat their ass. Like, it's actually funny to me. Or a 46-year-old man that likely already has CTE, and you're going to punish him even more. They look for... This is the checklist. Used to be a legend, but never in boxing. Uh, Elderly care. Think elderly. Like, 45 (laughs) plus. And also been retired for a while. That's it. Like, if he can check those three boxes, he's good to go. He They just love to be like, okay, I'm weighing in at 205. Well, let's fight the UFC's former 170-pound champion. Right. And then that guy's walking around at 185. He's 20 pounds bigger. He doesn't have to cut weight. He just weigh, you know, just bullies these. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Speaking of bullies, Kanye West. We don't really want to give him a platform ever because he's such a fucking loser mm-hmm. um, at this point. But he did, in fact, have a sports management company called Donda Sports that represented, I believe, just two athletes. Is that right? Yeah. So the new, when the news came out that they quit, it was Jalen Brown from the Celtics and Donald, um, who's the, the awesome Aaron, defensive Aaron back? Donald. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. Yeah. And, I mean, two huge clients, and they both quit, which rightfully so, you know, um, given what Kanye's been up to. And I, like, looked it up, and I'm like, oh, man, he lost two big clients. And I'm like, no, those are his only clients. So he, yeah. he has no company anymore. So along with that, and his school is shut down because it was a, a fucking Trump university anyways. Uh, everything's I going love, away from him. 
I love watching people have to um, like pay for doing racist trash. Yeah. Like he can apologize all he wants, but he's going to have to live some virtuous life at this point to get back. Well, some people call that uh, cancel culture, Eric. Um, Turns out it's just accountability for your actions. (laughs) Exactly. Kind of weird. That was rough. Um, All right, guys. So we will move on to things that uh, won't make you guys shut our podcast off. Mm. And that's what you guys are all here for. That's the Minnesota Vikings win 34 to 26 over the Arizona Cardinals to go to six and one on the season and i i have tried to make new rules for myself with the vikings that when they are frustrating i just remember all football is frustrating all football teams are frustrating it's even hard the, it's a hard game yeah even the eagles like hardly ever score points after halftime and they're undefeated you know like there are flaws in every team in the league guys get injured you know people make bad decisions the refs calls are erratic whatever it is so i'm trying not to be in that place anymore where everybody in the country wants to just say, well, the Vikings are good, but Vikings are good, but this. Mm -hmm. Vikings, are they even good? They just have an easy schedule. The Vikings don't blow anybody out. And I'm like, damn, they're 6-1 and at this point. We haven't been 6-1 and since 2009. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I think the the narrative is a little bit silly because I think if you asked every other head coach in the league, would they want to be 6-1 and no matter how it happens? Whether it's like defensive interceptions or you got lucky with fumbles or... This guy, you know, double doinked a field goal in London off of both uprights or the, you know, like coaches don't care. Win's a right. win. You know what I mean? Like it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. So I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I think that it has been great. Um, I don't think we would be six and one if we still had Mike here. I don't. No, no. I think that the new coaching staff has done a great job, but also has been refreshing to the players. I think that the moves that Kwesi made in the offseason, bringing in guys like Zedarius Smith, which I thought was a bad idea. I thought it was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I hold myself accountable on this podcast when I am wrong. And I was very wrong as he dominated this game with a hat trick of sacks, bringing his season total to eight and a half, more than any player had on our team last year. Already. Patrick Peterson back. I didn't think it was a good idea. Well, guess what? I was wrong because not only has he turned back the clock a bit. He's also mentoring Cam Dantzler and has turned him into a pretty decent cornerback, even though he got whooped pretty good today. Um, you know, I, as, I just, as most as most corners that go up against DeAndre Hopkins uh, do. Yeah, I, I just I think that this team is playing great football. Um, I know that the games are closer than people want, but it is the NFL. You know, these they're playing. Anything can happen. Any of these games. Would they love to put people away early? Yep, but they also don't have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Prime Brady or Prime Rodgers. The teams that absolutely shellack people every week have like a Hall of Fame quarterback and like an unbelievable defense. That's the teams that always do that. And And they have guys like Andy Reid, who've been offensive masterminds in the NFL Mm -hmm. for 30 years. You know what I mean? Like we have a first-year head coach who was a good offensive coordinator, I guess, for the Rams, still has a lot to prove and a long Mm -hmm. way to go. So... I think that's the best thing about all this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we're getting better. This game looked very confident. I don't think we made a lot of dumb mistakes. We played, like, really solid, and it got kind of close. We even actually lost the lead for a while there towards the middle, but I never actually felt like we were going to lose this game. Um, No. Which is really exciting. Like, I just felt like we were watching a very good, competent team for once. Um, I think they're getting better and better. Well, I think, think, Jimbo, you hit it right on the head with, you know, when we lost the lead, it was I think it was the, the sack fumble. Was that when, when that happened? Or I don't know. We we yeah. couldn't really get anything going. We lost the lead and then we came down and scored. 
mm-hmm. again. Two, and, two quick yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. And it was like, uh, okay, well, that fixed everything pretty quickly. And that's what that's what you like to see. Like, you kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit, and then you respond in kind and march right down the field again. So I, that's very um, indicative of a well-coached team and a team that that's not we're not they're not going to panic. Mm-hmm. In those type of situations, I think, and that was that was a good calm response. So you had a big ground game from the team today. Twenty nine carries for one hundred and sixty three yards, a touchdown for Cook, who had a big day over one hundred yards, a touchdown for Alexander Madison, who had a nice day as well, a touchdown for Kirk, was an eighteen yard touchdown scamper, um, something that a we nice, haven't ever from him really. A nice cherry on the top of the Kirktober Sunday. It was yeah, really that's exactly what. It, um, yeah, that yeah, was fun so to that watch. Uh, and then also, I would just say Cousins is a system quarterback, just like most quarterbacks in the league. Um, if you have one of these superstar guys, um, they can transcend uh, systems. They can be successful in numerous systems. They can win games on their own by extending plays and doing crazy ad lib things. Kirk is not that guy. He will not be that guy. And that is okay. He is a system quarterback who is in a smart system that it feels like he has a much better grasp on after the bye um, or even in the last couple weeks than he did in the first few of the season. And he's playing mostly mistake-free football. And it feels like he's kind of um, slowly but surely gaining the adoration of the Minnesota fan. I don't know, man. You just said, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. I feel like well, that you should you should adore him then. There's even when people guys. are hyping him up, they're ripping him down. There's four of that guys. <laughs> That's my point. It's like we all want to pretend that that Kyler Murray is that guy, and he's not. He's, he's in the same little. group. Oh my god, he's, he's in the same small. group that Kirk Cousins. In. Yeah, most of the guys are in that same group, and then like three or four people are not, <laughs> and they. Are if you have one of them, that's a winning lottery ticket. And if you don't have one of them, then you better find someone like Kirk Cousins and you better coach him <laughs> into making you a contender. And work that, him into the system. There you go. And I feel like that's what we've done. And I feel like Kirk is thriving suddenly in this system. I know once in a while he holds the ball too long. I know once in a while he throw, overthrows somebody or this or that. I get it. But so does everybody else. And I think like it's hard when you spend so much time watching your team passionately that you – sometimes forget that the other teams look exactly the same. I know yeah. I've been trying to mm-hmm. pump that for the last couple of weeks, but I do feel like Kirk looks more confident in this version of the Vikings offense than I feel like he has at any. It does look like that. He had a very calm, even game. It was, it was nice to watch. So Eric, next, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, other than Cousins' obvious flaws, which you just kind of hit on, is there anything that stood out to you where you feel like he's done a lot better? Is it... Is it um, being a little bit more efficient? Is it better deep balls? Is it um, you know checking at the line you know to make sure that they're in the right play? Anything anything you've noticed in particular compared I to last think season? He is like one of the best guys at throwing the ball. I know this sounds like I'm saying something really stupid and basic, but I think that the ball zips out of his hands. I think he's a very accurate passer. But I think that they were running one brand new offenses every year. But two, they were not running um, very modern offenses over the last couple of years. I know Justin has done really well, um, but this year they've found really creative ways uh, to get guys like Justin open and to scheme them open. And then Kirk is able to just 
pitch and catch with his natural ability to absolutely zip balls around the field like very few people in the world can. And so I think it's just like him finding comfort in a scheme that is built on matchups and is built on creating the matchups that Kirk wants and can win from. And then I think also it's just five straight years of first and second round picks spent on the offensive line, (laughs) giving him uh, a much better line. I know people still will rip them, but they're, they're an average to above average offensive line at this point in the NFL. And that is something that he hasn't been able to say since he's been here. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I think with the winning that has significantly helped um, just kind of erase that narrative, right? Oh, the O-line, 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 we got to do something. So it was like, Week to week, we didn't know who was going to be starting at right guard for three seasons. You know what I mean? Because they were constantly swapping dudes in and out. And I feel like maybe uh, from a PFF perspective, we may not have the best individually scored O-line, but maybe as a unit, they're better than they have been in the last five seasons with Kirk. So I think that's, that's 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 a great improvement. I think you're getting the best season ever from um, Bradbury. He's still bad, but it's his best season ever. I think uh, Ingram is very flawed in the pass game, but he's a good blocker in the run game. I think O'Neal is and Cleveland are very steady, good, you know, like good but not great offensive linemen. And then I think Derisaw is a star. I think mm-hmm. Derisaw is the second best player on the Vikings this year. Oh, wow. I think he's I think he's a stud. Like so one of JJ the best and then Derisaw? Yeah, I would say that that's their two best players. Maybe Zadarius Smith is right behind them or right in that conversation. Maybe Cook um, next, then, uh, then Kirk or what? Um, maybe. Maybe Kirk. Okay. Yeah. Curious. But yeah, so I, I think that that's a big piece of it too. It's just like they're so much more talented um, with their offensive line. And I think that that helps and allows Kirk to be the you know clean pocket killer that he has been his whole career it just he didn't get enough clean pockets here for a while I could never prove it but I really believe that the scheme has a lot to do with it as well in making sure that the protection is clear um, that they get out of bad plays yeah um, you know Kirk has a life it seems like he's you know he's not Peyton Manning he's never going to be but it seems like he is definitely calling uh, making adjustments uh, to get out of you know, maybe a bad run play or get out of a bad pass play and, and um, calling audibles at the line. Um, I don't think Zimmer, you know, there was that big kerfuffle after one loss last year. And they're like, Kirk, do you get to change plays at the line? And he's like, you have to ask the head coach. Said, mm, okay. So yeah. no, um, I think KOC trusts him a lot more than Zimmer ever did. So, and I, and I think that shows, um, and I, and I, that, that all kind of snowballs, right? I'm sure there are metrics you can find, but I think you get into the right plays, you get into the right protection, Kirk has a clean pocket. Success kind of compounds on itself um, over and over with those with those types of reps, and he gets less pressure that way. So it's a it's a win all across the board. Anyway, sorry that was a that was too long of an explanation. Oh, it's all good. I liked it. Um, we have big matchup next week. We are headed to the worst stadium in the whole league, um, in Landover, Maryland, to go play the Washington Commanders. What was it? Was it the old time stadium, or was it the two hour train ride that you didn't like? <laughs> There was the only thing that I liked about their stadium was that they had so few fans there. That it, it was, was mostly Vikings, Vikings fans, fans yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the Vikings kicking their ass. There was nothing else to enjoy about this place. The stadium looks like it hasn't been updated in 15 or 20 years. Probably hasn't been. It's impossible to get to. 
you have to take a train and then walk like a long distance, like through neighborhoods and stuff. It's bizarre. And then you get there and then the whole place is just a complete dump. It's just awful. It is the place where like the wall fell and the people almost fell on Hertz. Oh yeah, yeah, that was, was bad. Place where the sewage fell and was falling on people in the crowd. That's the, the same bathroom. place that happened at the same place. Yes. Oh my God. It's just a horrible. Well, Eric, listen, budgetary concerns. When you're paying off lots of sexual harassment lawsuits, there's not a lot to go around for infrastructure. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, here's the thing. You just can't get in a dogfight with them. Now. No, this they can't. We, this needs to put them away early and be done with it. Yeah, I just think it, like we need to try to get the score up. They want to play us in a 17 to 16 game like they played this week. That's what they're and last week. Yeah, yeah. Every week they're winning these just low scoring, just terrible, ugly games, and we just have to play a clean game. We need to get up and make them chase us. Make, um, what's his name? Heineke. Taylor, Taylor Heineke, our old backup quarterback. We need to make him have to win the game. for. Them. And I think we should be good enough to stop that. Um, it just sucks that we have that game, which feels kind of like a trap game um, before our big week 10 matchup at Buffalo, where both teams could be, you know, seven and one we could be flexed to some kind of big prime time game that kirk would most certainly lose <laughs> against buffalo um but i think that would be really exciting and we just have to get through washington before that can be a reality so what's your prediction for the score um my prediction for the score next week is going to be uh minnesota 27 uh washington 16 oh okay so handily um, I'm fine with it. I'm going to go with uh, Minnesota 31, um, Washington 21. Mm. I'm going for a blowout. I, I don't see any reason why we need to let this team hang around. I'm going to say we finally pump one up to 40 and go like 40 to 20. Love it. Hey, we were right. actually pretty close with our predictions on the score of this game. We all said we were going to win, beat the Cardinals, which a lot of local people said this is what was a trap game for us and we were going to lose this game. So that was nice. Um, yeah, we were all kind of hanging on right in there. I think that we all guessed it would be a little closer, but uh, we were we were close with our predictions this week. Yeah, so uh, this is the schedule the rest of the way, all right? We are, and, and remember, we're looking for 12 wins, I think. I think 12 wins is a realistic goal for this season. Uh, we would have to go uh, just six and four the rest of the way to get to that. So we're at Washington next week uh, at noon. Uh, the week after that, like I said, week 10, we are at Buffalo, which I think most people believe we are the, they're the best team in the league. Um, the week after that, we host in prime time on the late game on uh, 325 on Sunday, the Cowboys, who are a good team in Minnesota. Um, the week after that is Thanksgiving. We play Thursday night on Thanksgiving. We host the Patriots. Yep. Um, two and two. After so far. that, we, we host the Jets after that. <clears throat> okay. That's a win. Uh, then we go to the Lions on the road, uh, December 11th. We are at home against the Colts. Can you guys even name their quarterback? Um, then Sam Ellinger. We are at home on uh Christmas Eve against the New York Giants. Mm. Then after that... At, at home against the Giants? They got pumped by Seattle today. I, I don't believe in them anymore. Okay. Um, then we are at Green Bay, and then we are at Chicago. Woo! All right, so Holy shit. Ryan's predicting, what, 7, 14, and 3. I got to say 8 and 2 down that stretch. For the year. Yeah. I think that we should... We, I, I have a feeling we're going to be 13 and 4. 
the rest. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dial that back. I'm gonna go what I say eight and three. I'm gonna go seven and four because there's always one game in there. Like we lose to the Colts for right. you know what I mean. Like there's some crazy snafu game. You know the Bears beat us six, or something, and yeah, we whatever. have six turnovers in the first half, or <laughs> you know some some stupid like the Madden glitch where they're like you're not winning this game no matter what you do, um, kind of thing. So um, I'll say seven and three th- for our last ten, which okay. I don't think I don't think that's an unreasonable uh, win loss record for those matchups that no. we have. I mean, we're at six and one now. We obviously have the potential to win and. The schedule isn't that crazy. I mean, there's a couple really tough games, but we counted those as losses, and and we'll see what happens. I think. I think your toughest game is at Buffalo. Obviously, mm. your next toughest game is home against Dallas. We will be favored in that game. Well, we were beating them all of last year. We'll be favored. Uh, in that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're at home. We have a good home field advantage. It'll be great. I'm not saying that we will win every game at home, but we are going to go eight and one minimum at home. As That's long as Dak plays, we got a chance. But if their backup QB plays, we're going to get killed. <laughs> put Dak, Dak. Uh, put, put, I want Dak and Zeke to play. I don't want Pollard and Cooper Rush. Um, also, one other thing to get you guys excited, Super Bowl odds, updated Super Bowl odds. Your favorite to win the Super Bowl is Buffalo Bills. Sure. Number one ranked offense and number one ranked defense in the league. They are the real deal. Yeah. Our second favorite is undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. The third favorite is the Kansas City Chiefs. Chalk so far. Then big gap. Large gap. Yep. Yep. And then a tie for fourth is the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers. I like it. I like those odds. They have us as the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. So we just have to keep taking care of uh, the things in front of us. And one other thing I'll remind everyone, at the end of the year, no one will remember how you won any game. They will just remember if you won or lost. No one was like, man, can't believe. Congratulations to the Rams who won the Super Bowl. But it was so crazy when they just barely beat a terrible Seattle Seahawks. They had to come from behind at the end of the game in week four. What the yeah. fuck was that? They said are they even good? I know they just won the Super Bowl, but back in week four, they barely beat the Seahawks. You know, like, no one cares. Just win the games, and then the narrative at the end of the season will be that you won 12 or 13 games. Well, that was what I was trying to make very long-windedly earlier, is that if you ask any of the coaches, they don't care if they're 6-1, and one, how they got there. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter. You're 6-1. and one. In a very difficult league to win six games, let alone be 6-1 and one through seven. So, fuck it. Let's go. All right, guys. We'll move on to... Um, a topic we've been really excited about. We started with it last week, and uh, it hasn't been that fun so far. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're mm-hmm. off to a bit of an inconsistent start, is what I would say. Yep. They are pretty inconsistent. They are pretty up and down, and it is. Um, it hasn't been fun at all times. Uh, but when they when it looks good and when it feels like it, they're they're playing how we know they can, it has been fun. And so I think that makes the the losses to tanking teams feel all the more frustrating. Oh, it's definitely been frustrating. Um, it's almost more frustrating to see those runs where we go on. Where we're like, oh, actually, this is how we could play all the time. Um, we're not good on defense. We're not good at rebounding. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think that they, they can only get better. You know, it's a, Finch is relatively new as well. And the roster is totally new. So I'm going to give them some time. Nobody's really the team they're going to be until a third way in the season or something, you know? Yeah, I just think that there is a lot of talent on this team, and I'm not sure how it all fits together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's pretty apparent that they're going to give this a one-year try. 
um, at least with what I believe they think is their core. And I think that they think that their core is Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and Jaden McDaniels, I think is what they believe is their core. And I think that what they will be doing is reevaluating at the end of the year if it doesn't go well. And obviously, I think they will make some kind of move to, to move on from Russell, who is just an okay player. And they will then um, have to reevaluate the Towns Gobert thing if it works. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys would go if if they're just eliminated in the first round again. I bet one of those two guys is gone. Eric, if you had to know. bet your house on whether or not D'Lo is traded by the deadline, what would you pick? Um, if I had to bet my house if he's traded by the deadline, I I think there's probably a a sixty five percent chance he's traded. Um, okay. I think he's it's more likely than not. I mean, for instance, tonight we just lost to the tanking. Um, San Antonio Spurs for the second time on the season. Who are five and two, by the way, so not right. tanking quite yet. No, and, and the Jazz too. They're supposed to be tanking, and they're crushing. Uh, D'Angelo Russell on the night had seventeen shots and had ten points. I mean, that's just unacceptably bad. He was zero for seven on three. He shot almost as many threes as he had points in the Jesus. game. What are we doing out there, my guy? That yeah. is that. At some point, stop shooting. Um, and so I, I think he's the the odd man out. But I <laughs> in do- fairness, we made four all night, so <laughs> not just. Not Holy just totally smokes. him. Oof. Yeah. Well, you live and die by the three. That's what we're trying to do. So yeah, four of twenty-nine. Um, so I do think that's really frustrating. Uh, I think I think Towns calling out Ant right away was um, made sure that unless things go really well, uh, both can't live while the other survives with as a Timberwolf if it doesn't go well this year. Oh, really? You don't think that they get along and play together if they if they go through some more adversity? I just think that, like, starting the season in week one, calling Ant out on his professionalism was not great. Yeah. I don't think that was what we needed. I, I'm sure that didn't go over well in the locker room. And I just think, like, they're really going to evaluate what Towns' future is this year. Mm. Dude, that's I texted that, like, a week ago to the group. And I said, I was, I was just questioning. I wondered if we got Gobert so that there's a potential we could move on from Cat and get get back some assets that we, we traded away, you know, for Gobert, you know, to a contender or, you know, hopefully to a team in the East. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know. It, I think Cat would be the, D-Lo for sure, but then I think if it's not working, Cat would be the next to go. Yeah, I think so too. Interesting. Um, and we, so, we, would get, we would get a massive haul. I think oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. We would get more than Donovan Mitchell just got. I think so. For sure. More than Gobert just got. I mean, we could get these things back pretty quickly by moving a piece like that. Um, so we were fantasizing about the Wolves starting the season 7-0. and They started at 4-3, and um, and now things get a little tougher. Uh, you're mm-hmm. at Phoenix and home against Milwaukee in your next two games. Milwaukee um, is undefeated. They're unbelievable. Giannis is averaging like 35 points, 16 rebounds. He's so good. So that's a, that's a loss. I mean, come and then it doesn't get much better after that. You have a game against Houston, but then you're against the Knicks, the Suns, and at Memphis, and at Cleveland, at Orlando, and at Philly, um, and then you play Miami. Orlando and, and ten- Philly suck. Those should be wins. Um, Philly does not suck. They're content- they're like the third favorite to win the title. They got off to a slow start. We like that's like saying the Wolves suck. Well, they are winning. <laughs> we are. I mean, they're the same in the same boat as we are. Yeah. Like no. You know, like they're both off to frustrating starts, but I mean, they had a guy who was a runner-up for the MVP last year. Like they are, they're going to be a tough out for us. Well, I mean, you can say that, but 
you know, LeBron is one of the greatest players and the Lakers can't win a game. They're they're They haven't won yet. And the Nets, they have KD and Kyrie and Ben Simmons and they suck. They can't win a game. They're wave one, one game. So you never know. It's I, I, some of these super teams with all this talent, seeing it not work is hilarious to me. It's very gratifying actually. We're because uh, we, we, we can't be... assemble a super team if we wanted to. So when people yeah, do assemble them and they don't work, I like that. It's like, fuck them. Yeah, but I also think we're on the cusp of being of being that not necessarily a super team, but like a team that has a lot of good talent and it's just not working. Mm, yeah, we'll see. That's what it, well, we definitely are that right now. Uh, yeah, so that's not ideal. Um, the best thing that the Timberwolves have going for them right now is um, that the the Vikings are so freaking and so just they're just the pressure off. Yes, the the fans of Minnesota are happy. The people who are just so happy right now um, are PJ Fleck, uh, the T Wolves, and the Wild, who are all kind of like, "Let us get things right." Yeah, focus on them. <laughs> like, let us fix stuff. We we're working on it. Okay. Yeah, we're Come working on it. We'll get back to you guys. Skull. <laughs> um, so I think that that has been. Uh, for, I think everyone is is feeling the same way. It's it's frustrating. And then I think like Anthony Edwards. I I would trade him for very few people in the league, right? Very few. I would trade him for the very best players in the league. Luka, Giannis, Jokic. I, I don't know how many other guys. Like mm-hmm. very, very, very few guys I would trade him for. Steph and, Curry five years ago? Yeah, like just it's such a small list. Would you trade him about, for Apollo, number one pick last year? Probably not. I mean, He's I think his position – I think his position is just so much more important. Yeah. Like just being able to be kind of a wing player who can just score and has the ball in their hands a lot is really critical. But I just find it frustrating with him too. And I'm sure this is what Cat meant to say, but he just said it in such a douchebag way. What is the guy scores 30 one night, 34 the next night, and then he has like eight. Mm-hmm. And that and like eight, shots, yeah. is just so frustrating for a guy who could just get to the rim almost anytime he wants for an entire game to have such just nights off, especially the second day of a double header where he just no shows those games sometimes. And he admitted it afterwards. Like sometimes I don't play well after uh, back to back and it's like, oh, um, too much Popeye's dude, chicken, I guess. You, I don't know. You're, well, he said he hasn't had it in two years. So, Oh, did he? Um, he had to respond yeah. to Cat's thing. Oh, God, that is dysfunctional. So I think, well, yeah, but I think um, he, made, I don't know, you could call it like he's, you know, recognizing his weakness and trying to be transparent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, dude, this is year three, okay? It's mm-hmm. time to put the big boy pants on and not come out, you know, with a quote-unquote hangover on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, that's just unacceptable mm-hmm. at this point. I agree. Yeah, if he played, if he put in thirty points every game and he plays well like that, when he's super efficient like that, we would win ninety percent of our games. We just need him to find that consistency. Yeah, um, and it doesn't get any better on the other, you know, the other sports here. So with the Wild, we can move on to them. Um, they're under five hundred at this point. They've stopped just completely bleeding goals like they were for a while. Um, but they are are like an average team at best. Um, a lot of the guys have turned back into pumpkins, right? Like um, Hartman is like just a normal player. Felino, I don't even know if he's playing right now. Um, you know, like just guys are, are back to just being average guys that really had career years last year that you just can't depend on those guys to suddenly be superstars. Kaprizov has showed up. Zuccarello has showed up. Um, Cam Addison has been a really nice uh, addition to the team. Um, but the goaltending is below average. The defense is downright terrible. 
And on the nights the defense and the goaltending do show up, then suddenly we can't score goals. And so I do think that this is just not a slow start. I kind of think the Wild are just an average team. Mm, that hurts. That's I a do. tough I think pill to swallow. But you know what? You might be right. Okay. We'll see. Well, you guys know it. We'll probably you guys know it. We'll... like 10 wins in a row, and then we'll be singing a different tune, and then they'll suck for a while. And Like this is – if you're going to be in salary cap hell – as we've discussed, this is the time to maybe collect some picks and maybe do a soft rebuild. I'm not, I don't know, maybe, maybe Kaprizov wants out if we do that. So they're not going to completely do that. We got him wrapped um, up for eight years. He can go through two rebuilds. He has no opt-outs. Okay. <laughs> um, I was just, I, anyway, I was just spitballing. So um, just not, a, not two re- rebuilds, but like maybe just kind of tank a little, stop doing the Minnesota thing where we finished with the 17th pick. Just stop doing that. That's so annoying. I just want them to like be bad. If you're going to be bad, be bad. Stop being 16th in the league every time. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not that's where we've lived for the last two decades, and it's annoying. State of hockey. State of hockey. All right, guys. Well, that's about all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. We'll have a screencast coming up for you with uh, what to do now that your favorite show isn't on the air anymore. What else should you be watching? And we have a big new three watch that we're going to be starting up this week we're watching uh the movie seven an absolute classic so tune into that episode um and also tune in this weekend when ryan's team chelsea takes on my team the arsenal in uh, a battle of london it's going to be absolutely electric hopefully my guys come out on top if not i don't want to talk about it okay fair enough (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening uh, to your good friends here at the northeast podcast